In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. Hope you're all enjoying the day, or I hope you're enjoying the evening. I wanted to talk today, not only to the most amazing people that are listening, that would be you. However, I wanted to talk today about a certain subject that I found really interesting, and that subject is the crossroads of conformity. Sounds like a mouthful of words, doesn't it? Let me try and explain exactly what it is I'm thinking about. It seems to me that humanity is at the crossroads, the crossroads of conformity. A cursory glance back in history be it the history of your life, history of your parents' life, or history in general, regardless of how true that history is. One of the major flaws of humanity is also its greatest asset, and that is the emotional drivers that make us human. Love, passion, hate, anger, animosity, jealousness. All these powerful emotions that we have, these, this irrational exuberance, the inability to see things clearly, the pathway to abstraction, all of these things, our inability to see the opposite sex at times clearly as an individual, as an equal. Our inability to see things clearly because our mind is clouded with emotions, be it lust or desire, be it guilt, 
or animosity. These are the things that hold us back from truly embracing one another as part of the same organism. When you listen to policymakers, be it in the past or today, they have this grand idea for this utopian worldview of we, we can unite the world and we can extract the resources and distribute them fairly. And it's so naive to me. Don't get me wrong, it's beautiful. It's just naive. If you listen to the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, you'll see, even then, he was speaking about the issues with emotions, and how it clouds your judgment. It makes it unable for you to accomplish your goals at times. That driver, those drivers, these tools of creativity, these ideas of inspiration, these methodologies for moving forward are at a point where they can be corrected if you look at them as if they're a problem or if they're a disease. And that is the crossroads I'm talking about. Artificial intelligence, although I, I don't think that's the correct term, or I think it's a poor choice of words to describe the idea of computers being th thinking entities. They are without emotion. They are without the drivers of humanity and as much as people want to get rid of those some people would like to get rid of those not all people as much as some of these policy makers or or even those of us who live day to day and are not making conscious choices as much as technology would like us to be seen that way. I'm not sure I'm saying that right. We are not robots. We are not computers. However, it is possible for us to move towards an evolutionary change without emotions. It is possible for us to evolve into a less critical thinking, less evolved set of organisms. I think that that is what technology is doing to us. Or better yet, that is the fork in the road in which the economic model of technology is pushing us. I had written a little something and I let me 
I'm kind of trying to flesh it out here, but let me just read you this rough draft of kind of what I have put down. We are on an evolutionary, we are at an evolutionary turning point as far as human emotions go. It is true that our emotions are in fact the roadblocks that stop us from grand utopian dreams. Grand utopian dreams of a peaceful, pragmatic harmony. Which one of us cannot see the organized brilliance of the hive mind? This hive, this cooperative brood, this this highest level of organization. Do you not understand how productive we could be? How fair life could be? How equally we could divide the Earth's resources? Am I the only one who sees this as a dystopian nightmare? Have we not been warned by the likes of Orwell, Huxley, and Patrick Wood? We are all far from perfect. We are all far from being the best versions of ourselves. We are all far from rational because we can never be these things. This is what it means to be human, imperfect, irrational, emotional. We are all in a process of evolution, the same process of evolution. It's not a pretty picture, but it is necessary. If the path were as smooth as the rocks and the rocks as few as the handholds and the handholds as soft as the breeze, there would be no reason to climb the mountain. There would be no sense of accomplishment once you've climbed the mountain. Humanity's leaders at this point in time, it seems to me, have this naive idea that they can make the world this peaceful, place of harmony you can't you can't you know we are we are animals on some nature and it's such small thinking it is such naivete it is such small mindedness for people who find themselves making policy or are in fact in positions of authority to try and move to that level of globalism? Have they not learned from the past? Do they not understand they're driving us to war? It seems to me, regardless of the angels of our better nature, regardless of what Steven Pinker says, that the next war fought by a major power will be brutal. I think if you 
are honest with yourself and you've read some history about World War II, you can see that one of the main drivers in World War II was in fact globalism versus nationalism. And here we are again today. Do they not, are they purposely driving us towards this? Do they have any idea how dangerous Americans can be if provoked? Think about who lives in America. Every one of us have scratched and fought to get here. Maybe not each individual today, but each individual has a relative that did that. Be it the original indigenous Indians. Make no mistake about it. They were fighters. They were warriors. Be it the first pilgrims that came over or the first people that manifest destiny moved towards the West. They slaughtered and murdered and raped. Be it our friends from Mexico that struggled to get past the border. The rest of the world should be very, very careful when provoking America. Even with their ad hominem attacks and their Americans are fat and lazy. They have no idea what lies inside the minds of Americans. And they should be very careful about provoking us. I believe even though we are in the midst of a crazy election cycle, I believe the minute a foreign troop sets foot on American soil, they will be slaughtered. Make no mistake about it. Have you ever tried to get into the middle of family business? I once knew two brothers, great friends of mine, and they would fight horribly. I mean, just punch each other and they would be horrible. However, if they were out, and somebody said something negative about one to the other, they would both beat the living shit out of that person. I think it's a great metaphor for America. Like that's what we do. We are fighters. We are survivors. And if there's one thing our country does well is we do go to war well. It's probably fair to say that every American knows someone in their family who has gone to war and fought. Be careful when you let slip the dogs of war. I think that was a bit of a little sideways rant there. However, let me try to bring it back. I think we as a world, we as men, as women, have an opportunity right now to choose how we are going to be affected by technology. We can use technology as a tool, 
We can use technology as a way to build a better life for those who are interested in building a better life for themselves. Or we could continue to use technology as a distraction, as a way to distract ourselves from all that makes us human. It would be interesting to see the studies, like an fMRI study of brain chemistry while someone is hooked up to the internet. I think it is limiting our creative process. It's narrowing our view, much like the printing press has narrowed our vocabulary, thus narrowing our view of the world. I think that the internet is the printing press on steroids. And it's going to further narrow, condense some people's lives into this tightly focused beam of inability. This tight focused beam of abstraction. Part of me believes that the answers are so easy. When you look at government, at least in the United States, all the government officials are speaking about breaking up the big tech companies. They're talking about monopolies and the amount of power that these corporations have over the American mind, over the American economy. And when you look at businesses talk, they talk about the problem with government having so many regulations. The truth is we can never grow again until we lift the government regulations on the corporate stranglehold of our planet. You see, corporations hate with a passion government regulations unless those regulations make competition unfair, right? All corporations love the regulations that make it easier for them to do business. No one talks about that. No one talks about corporations lobbying the government for regulations. It's like they're opposite sides of the same coin. If you want growth, if if people in institutions or corporations or government really want growth, All you have to do is lift the regulations on intellectual property. Think about this antiquated idea of intellectual property. Someone comes up with a great idea and no one else can use it. In fact, not only can you not use this great idea that can move humanity forward, you can't improve it, you can't 
talk about it. You can't profit from it. Only a very small, narrow group of people that came up with this idea and then wrote on a piece of paper that they own this idea. Only they can move forward. That's the very foundation of inequality. And you hear governments around the world just yap, yap, yapping about inequality. Why don't you get rid of intellectual property? Ta-da! Oh, no, no, we can't do that. Government officials and corporations, they want something so bad, however, they refuse to level the playing field. They refuse to allow competition because they know they'll lose. Like... It's like someone claiming to be a great swimmer, but clinging to a life raft. Telling everybody else how good of a swimmer they are because they're clinging to this life raft. You're not a good swimmer. You have a flotation device. And yet we constantly go to this expert swimmer clutching a flotation device. The truth is, if the handful of corporations, the monopolies, and their lobbyists, and the so-called government officials, or the House of Lords in the feudal system that's Europe, if they refuse to open up the playing field, not only to the third world countries, but to the middle class, the middle class is going to annihilate them. And they're going to be happy about it. I think what you're seeing now is an attempt to divide people by race, religion, color, creed. The people on the top are desperately trying to divide the bottom 90%. Because they see that a class warfare is the end for them. It seems to me class warfare is vastly superior to race warfare. Even in the face of such incredible poverty around the world, people on the top, they refuse, flat out refuse To police themselves. There is no justice for anyone making more. I'm sorry, there is no justice for the billionaires. There's no justice for the multimillionaires. There's no justice for people that are in our government. They have immunity. Imagine being someone selling weed on the corner trying to make some money for your kid. You go to jail. Kamala Harris, the so-called black woman vice president, she put more people in prison for marijuana and then went out and bragged about how she smokes marijuana. Look at Joe Biden's family. It's so disgusting. 
How could anybody possibly vote for a man who is such a horrible father? His son is a crack head that has inappropriate relationships with children. If you vote for that, what is wrong with you? That man is not even a father and you think he should lead our country? Do you have any idea the insanity that is? It's disgusting. If you vote for that guy, you are disgusting. Like what? Either like I get it. Both of these people are inadequate. But you're voting for a man who doesn't mind his son having an inappropriate relationship with a child. You're voting for that. I can't fathom it. I would rather have someone that's a lot of other things than the father of a child molester that that doesn't care. It's so disgusting to me. And yet, it seems to me that this is... Look at the Epstein scandal. Look at the Prince Andrew scandal. Look at the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Ghislaine Maxwell. None of them go to prison. I guess you could argue that Ghislaine Maxwell is currently being questioned. You could argue that Jeffrey Epstein was killed. Is that justice? What about all the people that they have that they were blackmailing? Where are those people at? Why is it that all these people have immunity? And if you get up and go to work every day, you're subjected to a set of laws that those people and by those people, I mean people in positions of authority will never, ever be subjected to. That's the problem. That's the problem. There's no justice. There's only just us. I think we're headed for dark times. I think we're headed for violent times. And I think we have a choice, an individual choice of how you want to move forward in your life with your family. I think that choice is understanding what technology is, understanding that the easy path is never the right path. The road less traveled usually has the best scenery. While it may be treacherous, it's well worthwhile. I know that was kind of a little bit of a meandering pathway. I'm going to have some more podcasts coming out. I just, I was working on our project, The Medieval Internet. And it just got me thinking down this road of where we're headed to, why we're headed there, and how much longer we have before we get there. And this particular set of thoughts didn't really mesh with the entirety of that subject of the medieval internet. So I thought I would just do an individual podcast here and, and try to get this out. So I hope you enjoy it. 
I hope it's not too much of a too much lunacy. I hope it's not too crazy. But I love you guys. I hope all is well. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.